Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again, everybody, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. Good to be with you again as we do this weekly podcast. And uh, very quickly, we are a tech company. And why are we doing podcast if we're a tech company, Steve? Well, we're out to equip the church. And so this is our form of communication, education, get learning, and, and disseminating some information. That's right. And we learn too, depending on uh, what we're doing and who we have on. And so uh, we've been involved in ministry a long time in our own churches. And of course, we provide tools for churches like streaming video, church apps, church websites, management systems, you know, that, that sort of stuff. thing. So, and and we love to uh, we, we love to talk about leadership stuff and those kind of things as well. So we're not just all tech. We, we're there. We're we're your holistic podcast. We're going to cover everybody here. So uh, today, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. And who is our guest, Steve? So, Pastor Spencer Ellis, Ellis from uh, Citadel Church. Citadel of Praise. Uh, he is the pe- he's the senior pastor of Citadel uh, of Praise Ministry, which is actually out of Detroit, Michigan. So, Pastor Ellis, thank you so much for yes, spending some sir. time with us today. Well, thank you all for having me. I am glad to be on. Well, we're sure glad to have you, and uh, we wanted to have you on because um, we we know that you started this church, what's about 10, 11 years ago? 2005, so 12 years ago. Wow, time flies started, when you're having fun, huh? Started uh, from scratch. There you go. Well, and, and I thought it would be good today because you did start from scratch, uh, and I, I've had an opportunity over the years to help start some churches uh, in my illustrious career. Uh, but uh, I, I know there's a lot of people in ministry out there, and many people have a call of God on their life. They're involved in ministry, but but perhaps some of them have felt an urge to, to reach out and start something, take a step of faith. And uh, that's something that you did. And not only did you just step out and do it, and we want to kind of hear the story here, but you started in uh, inner city Detroit, right? Inner city Detroit. I, well, I'm from Detroit, and I grew up in Detroit, went to public schools here in Detroit. I uh, went away to college to Atlanta, Georgia, Morehouse College, spent four years in Atlanta, and I came back home. Uh, long story short, I guess, I am a third generational uh, preacher, meaning my granddad was a Pentecostal preacher. My dad was a Pentecostal preacher, and I'm a Pentecostal um, preacher. And so I'm a church boy, grew up in church, and grew up in kind of the strict Pentecostal church where we didn't do a whole lot of partying and dancing, and I didn't go to a lot of secular concerts, and so I grew up in that kind of strict environment, Um, but uh, my dad passed, my dad, his name is David Ellis, the late Bishop David Ellis, he passed in 1996, and my oldest brother became the pastor, and I served him um, until I started my ministry. Um, and we have just kind of grown since. So kind of in a nutshell, um, I'm familiar with Detroit. Um, so it was a little, it was, I, I was at, I'm, I'm comfortable with pastoring in Detroit. Detroit, you know, we got a, well, I guess we get a bad rap on your national news mm-hmm. and a lot of it is true. Um, but you know, when you, when, when you're a product of your environment, you, you, you kind of know the ins and the outs of it. Not saying it makes it any easier, but it helps you navigate ministry a little easier. And my church is in the inner city. I pastor in a neighborhood called the Brightmore neighborhood. And it's one of the bottom five as far as economic neighborhoods 
uh, in the city of Detroit. So I'm, I'm kind of right here, as they say, in the hood and on the battlefield. But I love it because I'm called to do it. And so I serve. And, and of course, like any other church, we are a community church and we seek to bring resources and, and services to an inner city like Detroit. All right. Well, tell us about the very beginning of the ministry. Um, well, our very beginning, we started with maybe like 100 members. Um, I started again in 2005, and I started at a 3 o'clock service. And the reason why I started at a 3 o'clock service, I was assistant pastor of a church, and a lot of people wanted to support me. But of course, when you start a church from a church, you're not trying to break up a church and not try to divide a church or split a church, especially when it's my brother. So I'm very careful not to do that. And it was a little sensitive because I was led of the Lord, but I was serving my brother. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started at three o'clock. So a lot of people can support me, can go to their worship service and support me. And of course, um, when you start from scratch, you need people to help you. And when you need people to help you, you need people that's usually members of other churches, praise team, musicians, people to help count your money. Um, you want to do a children's ministry, you know, because you don't really have a you don't have an established congregation. So that's another reason I started at three o'clock. And and again, we're not trying to recruit members, but just getting people to help um, you and without breaking up again. I keep using that term without breaking up, splitting right. in the other church. So um, but. Our church is kind of, and people often ask you, ask me how, you know, how your churches take off so fast. Because within, within a year, uh, we were almost at like a thousand members, um, close to an eight hundred or something members, um, with with, within a year. And I don't know, you know, I can't really answer how. I don't have any magic. Probably not the best speaker. I believe I'm relevant and I can reach people. and and just reaching people and just being relevant and and oftentimes when you do something new, uh, what I had because I'm a little radical. If you go on 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 our website and even on your website and look at some of our our tapes. I'm a little radical. I say things in the pulpit, you know that some preachers may not say. I'll, I'll dress sex head on. I will address drugs head on. Drugs head on. I'll talk about somewhat the issues that we shy away from. So I'm very little. I'm radical. Um, and what I had is I had a lot of people who were members of churches inviting their unsaved members to churches, meaning that I got a nephew. You know, he smokes a lot of weed. He may skip school a lot. But, you know, I believe if he goes to Spencer Ellis's church, he's going to reach this guy without judging him. I have another, you know, and people are sending me people who saying they may not come to my church because my church is more traditional. And uh, but they were sending to me. And people often tell me, yeah, I send my son to you. I send my daughter to you because they party all night. And I know you would know how to reach them. And I believe that was one one niche that the Lord allowed me um, to have. Even today, 60 percent of my congregation is 45 and under um, because, again, I don't have a, I'm wow. just 12 years in existence. So I'm not your grandmother's church. I'm not your grandmother's yeah. church where, where 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 everybody just goes because that's where they go. And um, and our membership today is about twenty five, twenty six hundred. And that's you know, we try to keep that accurate. I know people love throwing out numbers and membership, but we try to keep accurate numbers. And um, our church seat about 650, 700. We run three services every Sunday, and um, we're usually always pretty full in mostly all of our services. So so you started this church. It's 2005, 2006, and it's it's Detroit. It's inner-city Detroit, and it's it's a tough – I mean, economically, it was probably even worse back then – 
I mean, the crash was what, 2007, 2008, but you guys were probably feeling yes. it before then. And, and so you, you start this thing, you, I mean, and, and you've got young people coming and I think, you know, I, I talk to pastors all the time and I go to conferences occasionally or had, and everybody's kind of looking for that magic bullet. Maybe that's not a good analogy, but they're, they're looking for that formula. They're looking for that secret recipe to grow their church. Uh, and I think what you just said, being relevant to me, that's a big key because you've got to yes. connect with people. And speaking of um, speaking of economics, yeah, I, I faced all of that, and thank God I was able to grow in it. And what I mean by grow in it, I didn't have to. I I, I never hired a lot of people. Didn't have to go lay them off. Um, I hired what I needed, and I learned how to do a whole lot of things as a pastor. Uh, my wife, thank God, she's a CPA by by profession. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, she's a CPA, so. I learned how to work the QuickBooks and keep books together. I'm still very involved in the ministry. Um, when I when I joined up with you, I made the call instead of yeah. putting it on another staff member. So so I say that to say to cut a lot of costs. I'm a very involved pastor. I mean, I'm in my office every day. Um, I'm somewhat of a techie, so I know how to I know how to do a lot of things that we do uh, for our screens at church. Um, I know how to do. Uh, Final Cut a little bit, um, so I can I can put um, I know how to do Photoshop a little bit. So long story short, I guess to save a lot of money, I'm a very involved pastor, and I really encourage a lot of pastors to really be involved and not just be a standoff pastor and always looking for somebody to do something. For the first year of my ministry, even as our ministry was growing, um, I was the only one in the office answering the phone and and taking my own appointments, and I was just that kind of I just. Because I just, I I just got involved. Didn't, and I don't want to use the wrong term, like being big time. But I was just, I was just involved. People would often call them like, "Oh my God, Pastor, you actually answered the church phone." <laughs> I mean, it took me a while to finally come off the phone um, from the church phone. But I, meaning that I wasn't so quick to turn something over to somebody else. And 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 even today, I'm still a very reachable pastor with all the members I have. You know, it doesn't take 18 weeks or 18 days to get an appointment. Somebody can call you. I try to get them in the next week unless I am traveling or something. And that's and that's one thing that people are really attracted to that I, I I'm reachable. Yeah. So what kind of advice? And it sounds like you're already giving it here, but. But if there's a, a younger person or even somebody that maybe is not necessarily a spring chicken anymore, but but he or she feels like they have a call of God to start something new. I mean, what would be maybe like the first three things you would tell them? Well, number one is to prepare yourself. And since we're talking about financially, prepare yourself financially. Um, of course, I came out of corporate America um, worked at AT&T for years. So my wife is a professional CCPA again. So we were able to save money because again, I didn't know how many people were coming. I didn't know what I was going to have to do, whether I was going to, you know, um, because I'm sorry, let me back up. When I started, I was, I was full time at my church. So, so, um, I was not able to work and to, um, start the church unless I was going to go get another job. So when I came off, I came off my job at my church. Um, so I was I saved money uh, for myself and saved money for the church. And my wife, being a CPA, we we're very methodical about, OK, if we find a place to rent, I rented for the first year um, before we purchased our building, um, rented for the first year and and just added up, calculated the cost. I, I, 
I counsel a lot of young pastors here and I find out they don't really count up the cost. What is it going to take to run a church? What do I need? What happens if I don't meet this budget? Are you prepared to do it? Are you prepared to downsize? Uh, don't jump out. And and this is one difficult area where, I don't know, you all may be able to speak on it uh, also, but where we, where, we, where we have a lot of vision and of course we walk by faith, but, but we're not practical and it gets difficult because how can you tell somebody well, don't buy, don't get into that building. Don't take on that rent because you might not be afforded with somebody saying, well, God told me and I went by faith. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, you know. It, there's it a gets, balance I, there somewhere, right? I mean, there's got to be a, a balance. There, there, there is a balance. And that person really has to be prayerful that they don't get, again, you're walking by faith, but you do have to be very um, sensible. And the Bible even tells us to count up the cost. So I know my first answer was kind of long, but the first answer is really, you know, when you get ready to start, be very methodical in your um, economic, in your in your finances and and and, and economic um, spending. Number two, I would encourage somebody to, well, this probably should have been number one to really be solidified in your calling, mm-hmm. because oftentimes. We think we called to do something and because we look at somebody else and we think it's easy or we look at somebody else and think, well, because Pastor Theo did this or, you know, somebody else did this or Pastor Jones did this and we think it's easy. And yeah, they grew overnight and this happened that it's going to happen for you. And if, you, if you're doing it because you, somebody else did it or you think it's easy because somebody else did it, you might run into a problem because God deals with everybody individually. Um, And number third, I would tell somebody when you are called to be faithful, continue on because there are up seasons, there are down seasons, there are seasons where people seem like they're coming. Then there's going to be seasons where people seem like they're leaving the church. You know, I had seasons like, man, all of a sudden you got people just exiting and you, I can't answer why Um, you try to challenge yourself. Why they're leaving. It's just the nature of, of church. So um, when God called you, be faithful, keep hammering it. Keep plowing, and and what God has started, He will complete. Yeah, and, you know, getting back to the stepping out on faith, I, Steve's got a question for you here, but let me butt in. I'll let him ask you a question in a moment. But you know, I've always kind of found this when you know you're talking about being practical and really counting the cost. I've found that, uh, at least in my life, that if I feel like I'm supposed to do something in faith, as I begin to step out, I get additional confirmations. From God and from even oh, other people. Yes, sir. And if I yes, sir. don't get those confirmations, and I kind of keep going, and all of a sudden I find myself on a on a limb, and I know it's different for everybody, but I've always counted the confirmations as part of the uh, part of the walk, part of the of the journey. Is, is kind of it I'm is doing. part of the process, and I I'm glad you said that because I can won't bore you with this, but I can give you. I mean, I have new example, numerous examples where just out of the blue, God just came and confirmed. Now is the time. Yeah, absolutely. So my question was right along those same lines regarding if there were any influences or or peers or that people really, you know, others that may have helped you along the way. Because you've got a great success Uh, story here. um, Yes, I had many, um, and I still have many mentors in Detroit, um, pastors here in Detroit that were that allowed me to just call them when I needed something and call and just bend and call and I guess ask the dumb questions. I come from a church that was um, somewhat of a mega church um, here in Detroit. 
So I had a lot of, I was blessed to have a lot of church experience um, from being an assistant pastor of a large church. Um, but yeah, I thank God that, and you definitely need support. You definitely need people that will be real with you. Uh, what the Bible says that there are many instructors, but instructors, but very few fathers. And you definitely need a father that's going, that's not just going to tell you what you want to hear, but a father that's going to beat you up when you're wrong. And a father that's going to um, applaud you, but also uh, stick a needle in you or a foot <laughs> in you when you need it. And, and, and most importantly, just to pull off their wisdom, because you think you know a lot, but dealing with people is, <laughs> is, is not easy. Is is not easy, and you want don't want to you don't want to make. I made a lot of mistakes in emotional decisions. You make decisions. You 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 what you call it when you you promote people too fast, and because you're trying to hair up and fill a need in the church, right. and you need deacons, so you just start appointing deacons. Then you found out, oh man, that was the worst mistake mm-hmm. I can do. So you need people to help guide you through those kind of leadership um, decisions and leadership qualities. Absolutely. So let's back up a little bit. Uh, so you're, you're reaching people. You're obviously, you have a message that's very relevant for people. Very, very authentic too. Very authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you doing, what are some things you're doing, your church is doing to reach your area? I mean, are you doing anything like social media? I mean, I know you're doing streaming video. Uh, are there little mm-hmm. things that you guys do to try to reach your area? Uh, well, we definitely try to be very um, technologically savvy with the social medias and all of that. But I just believe in still good old fashioned outreach. When I say good old fashioned outreach, um, um, I, 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 I'm heavy on teaching our young people or our congregation in general, but especially the young people to share the good news of Christ with others. And I don't mean you got to be a preacher, be called, but just share your testimony, things that you've been through. Share your church with people. I love, I tell everybody, and I, I have a thing I do at, at church on Sundays. Sometimes I ask, how many of y'all know somebody at home right now that's not going to church? They ain't go last Sunday. They didn't go next Sunday. Raise your hand. And then, you know, you get all the hands raised. Those are the people I want you to invite to church. I tell them, those are the kind of people. A lot of people do family and friend Sundays. I found out um, when you do family and friend Sundays, People are usually just dragging somebody from somebody else's church to another church for that one Sunday. But I believe in just good old fashioned outreach. You know, somebody who don't go to church, invite them to church, invite them. We try to be very friendly church, not judgmental. Um, um, and so I just believe in, in, again, I keep calling it good old fashioned, but, and, and, and even we even go out into our neighborhoods. We do what we call drive up prayers in our neighborhood. A lot of churches do it, hold up the sign on our street corner, can we pray for you? And not only do we do that, we give our food, groceries once a month. Uh, we still go to door to door within our neighborhood uh, every now and in, in the summertime, a couple of times in summer. And we just try to make ourselves relevant without being pushy. And, and I always, again, take what we do and I tell the congregation, invite people because the greatest tool to grow in a church is somebody bringing somebody with them or telling their family and friends, um, that's not part of a ministry um, to come to your church. All right. So early on, how important was it to have the support of your the family church there that you were starting from? That's, I mean, having a hundred oh, oh. on a first Sunday—that's great for a, a new church plan. 
Yeah, it was. And uh, it was, it was, I have a big family, um, seven brothers and sisters. They all involved in my home church and they're still there at the home church. Cause again, not trying to break up a church, uh, but they're very supportive um, of our church. And, and again, to where the, where, where they would even share, man, you know, my other brother got a church and you can check him out and you can go there and they often stop by and visit and, and, and all of that. Um, so thank God that that was peaceful. I'm sure that I'm sure there, there's always that possibility of, of tension and, you know, I don't know if I want to use the word competition, but you know, you definitely have got some, uh, with all your ministry background, I, I'm sure there there can there can be sometimes difficult <laughs> relational well, strains, and, <laughs> right? And let me share and let me share this because I don't want the viewers to think I just have this honky dory story. There was a little tension only, and I will share it because my family came out of an organization where they're still in in the church, my home church, in an organization called uh, the PAW, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. And believe it or not, my brother now is the um, it's the bishop of that organization. My dad used to be the assistant presiding bishop. And that's an organization that we've been in. And I never bought my church in the organization. So a lot of people thought something was wrong with me or what's wrong with him. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to get too touchy here, but the organization is still more traditional and more founded on some principles of uh, that still set in, in, in a lot of traditions. And I, as I said earlier, I'm a little radical and I didn't want to, I, I never bought my church in the PAW, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, because of some traditions there. And I just wanted to be a little more radical. Right. So um, that kind of caused some um, well, question uh, marks issue probably. To, yeah. yeah, to the fact that, you know, I said I got mentors and my brother is not actually my bishop because I'm not in the organization. And of course, one of their rules is you can't have churches under you that's outside the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understood. So, so, so you mentioned your your wife was also really influential. Is she served on the church through from the beginning, or? Oh yes, okay. yes. She's she's I I, I I lately she's been coming out in the front doing some speaking, uh, especially among the women. Uh, but she's more again she's a more technical well numbers person. She's a CPA by trade, so she she helps us with so much when it comes to raising money and you know dotting the eyes and crossing the t's financially and. Um, Yes, she's very, but she's very involved um, with our women. Well, you've definitely got to have uh, people like your wife to be able to kind of, you know, balance the book, so to speak, and right, <laughs> bring some a, of those practical tools yeah, in, the, into the ministry. The, the bean counters and the dreamers absolutely. need to get along pretty well. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, oh, absolutely. So we're just about out of time here, but I, I just think your story is, is wonderful, and I think it's it's a great you know, it, it serves as a real uh, encouragement for people that, that really feel like maybe they need to step out in faith and, and break the mold. And, and, you know, the organization that you were with, I mean, God uses all sorts of different churches to reach all sorts of different people. So, uh, you know, you can be doing something different and, and obviously you're misunderstood. I mean, Jesus was misunderstood a lot of times throughout the scripture. Absolutely. People can, can I'd like to have people to be able to go to your website. So, What's the website where you guys are at? Website is citadelapraise.org. Um, our Facebook page is Citadella Praise. We're on Instagram at Citadella Praise, Citadel Detroit, Citadel underscore Detroit on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook is Citadella Praise. A lot of videos out there, a lot of pictures. You go to our website, you, and you pictures galore. 
and yeah. uh, all the other information about our church and history and about myself, and my wife, and all the yeah. all the details are there. And Citadel spelled C I T A D E L. D E L. Yep, it's in the book of Jeremiah. It talks about a um, fortress, a fortified city, a place where. Um, I'm sorry, it's in Jeremiah in the New International Version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, a place where you run during a time of trouble is the citadel, is the fortified place where you run um, to for safety in the time of trouble. And that's a pretty appropriate name for your church because you're right there in inner city Detroit. You're reaching people. Yes, you're in a difficult area, but you've taken a step of faith to, to really be there and be a blessing to others. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And God has just really blessed us. I, I give him all the credit. I can take a lot of credit for what God has just really just, man, he's just blessed us and, and has blown our mind. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're uh, we're just about out of time here. Sure appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us, Pastor. Thank you so much. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, you're an inspiration. Well, thank you. We're glad to, to be a- Yeah, I'm sorry. We're an ins- you're an inspiration to all the ministries that we serve, so. Absolutely. Wow, well, thank you. We're, we're, we're so glad to be part of it. The- of the family now of streaming church. So we're, we're, we're honored. Well, we're glad to have you as well. So if uh, we'd love to get your feedback folks on this podcast, we know we have a lot of people that are involved in church, obviously that listen to our podcast here. Some of you are pastors, some of you are uh, volunteers in key areas of ministry. And if you want to, uh, you know, we, we gave you the website, Citadel of Praise. Dot org. Is that is that what it was again? Yep. Okay. Yes, and that's it. If you want to just contact us, you can certainly do that. Just send us an email here, support at streamingchurch.tv. And as I always say, if you have any complaints, just send them to Steve, and uh, he'll take care of your complaints, and I'll take care of everything else. But but seriously, we'd love to hear from you. If you, if you have a question for Pastor Ellis, you can go through us, and we'll, we'll forward that on to him as well. And uh, you can always listen to our podcast on any, as Steve always says, any podcast provider. Any podcast provider, yes, including uh, podparadise.com. Podparadise.com, right. And and just look for Church Solutions Podcast. Yes. And subscribe to us, listen to us, and we bring you some good stuff every week. Okay, so we're out of time. Again, thank you, Pastor Ellis, for your time today. Thank you all for having me. And uh, for Steve Lacey across the table here from me, my name is Phil Thompson. We hope that you have a great day. We'll catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.